0: Announcing from the get go a little bit of tomfoolery that changed up the lineup in what we're talking about. This story at number 11, the cutoff, was before we did a little extra calculating to manipulate things, to be honest, was the number 10 story, obviously. And so we're not talking about this one. And I was all set to talk about this big one right here. Lamar Odom knocks out Aaron Carter in Celebrity Boxing matches two weeks in a row with Celebrity Boxing. This one, Lamar Odom getting the win over the singer Aaron Carter. Go to our website, thisistheconversation.com. Click the link for this week's podcast under the weekly wrap-up, and you will get a chance to click the link and see the story via TMZ. And, of course, go deeper into the story. But that's the basic part. Lamar Odom gets a win in Celebrity Boxing. Yes, it's still a thing, but not a thing we're talking about here. We'll explain the shenanigans that popped up and why we put it in there as we go into the stories that you really want to talk about. Literally the stories that you said were the top stories per week for your engagement with our social media platform. So without further ado, let's prepare for those stories here. Coming in on the weekly wrap up with Jay Cleveland Payne. This is a week ending June the 19th, 2021. Welcome to the show. My name Jay Cleveland Payne, the show weekly wrap-up. This is a podcast produced by the Conversation Project at this is the And the whole point behind the Conversation Project is to have conversational news stories, put them out there for the world to see, and then see which stories are actually the most conversational. This is a way to get bass. Any sort of news director, any sort of agenda other, other than my agenda to see what you guys want to see and let the randomness of people on the Internet choose the stories to talk about. Now, in most cases, they are top stories do make a make a very good uh, reach into the top 10. But in some cases, some things kind of friends, some things kind of silly. And we do that because we see that because we have sources from various different sources That was redundant, but some sources you may like as a news source, some sources you may not like, and some that are even suspect by our standards. We put them out there with a new news story posted to our social media, a new headline about every 15 minutes, and what happens is the engagement tells us the story you like love hate share engage with the stories that are on twitter facebook facebook find us at this is a conversation and twitter th underscore conversation and as those rank up we do a daily check monday through friday for a newsletter called eight things to talk about where we tell about the eight stories of the top that day and on friday we go back a full seven days plus a few hours and give you the stories that are the top for the full week for the weekly wrap-up podcast this one right here now Follow us on social media. Go to our website. This is dot com. Click on the links for feeds. Weekly wrap up is there and also the eight things to talk about. And you can find all of these things and how to subscribe to them for your normal activities. So they come into your feeds, however you like them, your phone, however you want them directly. Now, to be a part of the conversation, we said follow us on social media, do those things, and also just follow us at the website. And we'll talk more about how you can help us keep this conversation project going because, as we say every single week, it is powered by you. Not only by the work and choosing the stories, but also we do uh, and we do verily, uh, verily, accept any sort of help. You can help us keep it going by doing the lights on and keeping power going and keeping the rest of the crew um, happy with me because, you know, like I said – My name's on the show and I take the credit, but there's plenty of other folks behind the scenes making these things happen more information and chit chat back and forth. Also via email at the conversation inbox at gmail.com right now. Let's get to the stories you really, really cared about. That is the stories in the top 10. We also will talk about the story at the very bottom. Of course, that is the almost relevant story of the week. The story that got the least amount of responses. This one is kind of a creepy one. So I can see why people didn't really get on this one. So we'll talk about that as well. But first the more in not quite happier, the more engaging stories by definition for the week. More engaging than the cutoff story at number 11 is this one headline. Victoria's Secrets ditches Angel Wings, hires Priyanka Chopra and Megan Rapino as new spokeswoman. We posted this for you on Thursday, the 17th of June. That means it made it into the newsletter on Friday, the 18th of June. And it was the number one story on Friday. A late story coming in for the Thursday night to make its way into a top 10. A very big story. More stats on this story. More responsive, a, the bump in response, if you will, from the story of number 11. 11, why it is still in the top 10 and ahead of this one, 1.60%. So not by very much, but this one is by definition a more a more critical story for the masses than Lamar Odom punching out Aaron Carter. And it's critical for a couple of reasons. Uh, the version we pulled this story from was from people.com. The engagement on the day was 18.68%. That mean that's that's basically justifies as being the number one story on the Friday in the newsletter. But here's the very, very slow burn on the story. Uh, about a year or so ago, Victoria's Secret said they were ditching the angels and the angels' wings as ambassadors for their line of lingerie. That means the supermodels that have been traditionally the people that you've seen walking runways and doing shows and being in commercials for Victoria's Secret's underwear are no more. Now, they may still model and do some things in showrooms, but they're not exactly the ambassadors or people you see doing the main spots. Their new line of, I'll say, progressive, <laughs> progressive um, stance in their clothing and their clothing lines. They're looking for people who are more down to earth, more superheroing because they do super things, not because they fit a model. No pun intended uh, figure. So, the inaugural Versus Collection, VS Collection, uh, women are showing people to include folks like actress Chopra, also the women's national soccer star Rapino, also soft Sudanese Australian model Aduk Achik. Los Angeles journalist and photo, uh, photographer Amanda de Cadet, Chinese skier and women's sports advocate Alien Gu, British model and activist Palma Esser, and Brazilian model Valentino Sapino, who became Victoria's Secret's first transgender model back in 2019. All fine, all dandy. But what's really getting the ire up on people who are, let's say, mostly conservative is the fact that Sapino, who, of course is a lesbian, which is not really a thing, is a soccer star, which isn't really a thing, isn't very curvy, which may be a thing, and is extremely progressive in fighting for the rights of women and being very vocal about very uh, deep conservative values, which is a thing for the conservatives. So the conservative folks are up in arms about Rapino specifically, not so much the whole entire thing. When you think they'd be a bit more uh, over the fact that Victoria's Secrets is a lingerie store that it survived so many years by showing models in underwear as the thing they sell stuff. That's not what they're complaining about. They're complaining about Rapino selling the underwear mostly because she's not as sexy as the old models, which is weird. And she has a mouth, which isn't so weird. In fact, that they sort of complain about women with mouths, if you will. So we'll see how this goes forward. I'm pretty sure they're sticking with Rapino as a pretty big spokesperson for uh, selling a lot of things. You may have seen her on television as a new spokesperson for Subway and maybe some other things. So Lapino is Rapino is getting her due these days, and if they're not making money in soccer for U.S. soccer, she's definitely doing some stuff with endorsements and being an ambassador for Victoria's Secrets here. Congratulations for all the women who are breaking the barriers, if you will, uh, about being Victoria's Secrets ambassadors and for getting the gig. If you have a problem with that, you can chat with me on it or chat with your folks online. Go to our social media and find those stories and engage with them further or email us at the conversation inbox at gmail.com. Let's keep it going. The story at number nine has this headline reading Biden signs bill making Juneteenth a federal holiday. The story was posted, this particular story was posted on Thursday the 17th. This is a super story. We have two super stories uh, this week and a tie. We'll get to the other one in a moment. But this is a super story where we combine two or more different headlines that are essentially updates to each other. This is a combination of four headlines. Like I said, we had to do some maneuvering because the four headlines themselves didn't quite get into the top 20 range, but we put them all together for one big story, and it came in at number nine. Still not heavy, heavy, but it did. This one seemed like an important thing to have in, mostly because this is the first uh, official Juneteenth celebration happening on Friday. And we'll explain it in a moment. Uh, so that's we so we sort of forced it in here to see what would happen. We didn't naturally happen, but it just sort of did it when we did a little, a little finagling. So bear with us for this time. Normally, we don't do this much actual pushing, but sometimes we want to see if the big stories make it in. And it, because we had four different stories that made the newsletter this week. We pushed this one in Thursday the seventeenth, as you said. The day this one posted, and this gets a bumper response, just barely from the ten story at 079 percent. So, not even highly that much. Now, now we're not going to go into the big details that we had for the the stats for the newsletter. As I said, this was one of four stories posted this week, and then one the last one's posted uh, coming in in the Friday newsletter. But let's go to the basic details of what happened. Starting early this week, the Senate passed unanimously, that is all the senators who showed up to vote, voted in for making the Juneteenth holiday a holiday. Juneteenth is a date that celebrates the announcement to the slaves in Galveston, Texas, that they'd been freed two or so years prior. Well, that was technicalness in that one. The story of Juneteenth is uh, this is June 19th is the day that the soldiers arrived in Galveston, Texas, to tell the last batch of, of slaves that they had been freed by the Emancipation Proclamation, in theory, two years prior, the ending of the Civil War, a few months prior and officially a few months later with the ratification of the 13th Amendment. So they would be officially freed on paper a few months later, but they had been effectively free two years prior, but the war was still going on. And there you go. That is storage. You teeth. It started off as smaller festivals and things going in Texas. Cause that's what happened. It's turned into a, a unofficial African-American holiday across the nation. And now it's an official federal holiday per Joe Biden. As I said, the senators, the Senate, all 50 of them, more or less signed the it's basically everybody that showed up and unanimously signed this to be a law in the House. All but fourteen people signed it. Four fifteen to one four four fifteen to fourteen, I should say. Fourteen Republicans did not sign this bill. I'm going to read those Republicans' names because that's the important part of this. Representative Mo Brooks of Alabama. Andy Biggs of Arizona. Scott DeGerwals. I'm totally butchered that Tennessee Tom Tiffany of Wisconsin, Doug Lamafia, Lamalfa, I'm sorry, of California, Mike Rogers, Alabama, Ralph Norman, South Carolina, Ch- Chip Roy, Texas, Paul Gozar, Arizona, Tom McClintock, California, Matt Rosendale, Montana, Ronnie Jackson of Texas, Thomas Massey of Kentucky, and Andrew Clyde of Georgia. we have already heard some crazy Andrew Clyde stuff in the news this week, so we're just going to leave this little bit for this one right here. Next thing up, this is the president, who signed it into law on Thursday, and made it official, basically, as of him signing it into law, which made people scramble to figure out how to give people the day off the next day, which added in a story about some of the big investment bankers actually giving their people the day off, and how it was coming kind of at a a bit of stress, but they're going to allow some people to take off for that day. And some people literally took off today. In fact, I actually had the day off of my day job, but still because I have a just a just nagging thing from being in radio and working on holidays and had some things that had to be done that day came into work. That's just me. No complaints. There's official there is a There is an official federal holiday for Juneteenth as of literally the day before the holiday was happening and two days before the observance, which is today as we record this, the 19th of June. If you wanted to talk more about Juneteenth, email us at the conversation inbox at gmail.com. There are people who complain about it, including some people of African American bent who are saying, yeah, that's nice, but we'd really like reparations and better policing and access to things. There's still plenty of debates to go up about how we're going to fix our thing on race and relations, but this is a step. Good, bad, and different, it is a step. Let's move on to story at number eight. Number eight states this. Alex Rodriguez reunites with ex-wife Cynthia for sweaty workout as Jennifer Lopez relationship with Ben Affleck heats up. Very long, very much a clickbait leave thing, and that's why we put it there, and you guys you guys fell for it. Sunday, 13th of June, when it was posted, and he gets, gets a bumper response from the 9 story of 39.06%. It plays well in eight things to talk about for Monday. Monday, of course, covers Friday, Saturday, Sunday stories, the number four story for the newsletter for Monday and click because it's not at all what you think it is. It seems like with Jennifer Lopez hooking up with Ben Affleck, Rodriguez is hooking up with other people, including, as this says, ex-wife. Here's the problem. While they do claim to be very great at co-parenting their two daughters they share together, Natasha and Ella. What also was seen as people saw Rodriguez leaving with Cynthia Skirtis is Cynthia's husband, her current husband, Angel Nicholas, uh, who is a real estate agent in Miami. They were all working out together, all three of them at the gym because Rodriguez was talking to um, his wife about ex-wife about kid stuff and they were hanging out. And so they hung out with the husband. There was no funny business. There was no getting back together. There was no hooking up. Unless you just talk hooking up to have some conversations about your kids, the hook up. Now, while Benjamirfer, whatever we're calling them this day, Gen Fleck or whatever, are actually seeming to be getting back to a romantic bent. Rodriguez is still sort of doing his thing. He's looking to buying a new house, a new bachelor pad, to be said, for himself. He's also been seeing uh, outside of ex-girlfriends, leaving ex-girlfriends' homes as well, but that hasn't really sparked up the curiosity as Ben Affleck and Jennifer Rodriguez, Lopez, it's all sort of crazy at this point, Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck, as Alex Rodriguez seems to be doing pretty good all by himself, pretty busy taking care of baseball duties right now, so he's actually working, so that's part of what's going on. But it's not a hookup in that sense, other than, you know, just hooking up to talk about things with the girls they shared. So not as tabloid as people wanted it to be. But, you know, we are we are what we are. The next two stories are tied. So what we do for ties, we don't like flat out ties. We basically let them play themselves out. The story that is the youngest gets the top billing as a stronger story. So but both these two stories have a bump in response of four point two. Four nine percent. The story that's going to be stronger at number six is also a super story. We'll explain how that got to be in just a bit. But the story at number seven was posted on Sunday, the thirteenth of June, and this story and the day it popped up in the newsletter as well uh, turned out pretty heavy, strong, pretty heavy, strong, pretty strong and heavily acted. And it goes along the lines of the conversation's very weird sort of theme and just. Our our, our tendency to pick up on stories of dead porn stars, because this is a story about a dead porn star. Adult film star Dakota Sky found dead at 27. Complex.com gave us a story, by the way, it was the number five story on Monday coming out of the weekend. Dakota Sky, a 27-year-old adult film star, was found dead at her Los Angeles home, according to a family member. Sky, a Tampa Bay native whose real name was Lauren Scott and who also went by the alias Dakota Sky, was found by her unnamed husband, and her aunt claimed she she came from a family with a history of addiction. So, if you want to go deeper into her story, go to our website, This is com. Click on either the, the newsletter, 8 Things Talk About, for Monday, or click the link for this week's podcast, where we have a link to every single story you can go deeper into, and you can see deeper what happened. Now, she's had some backlash lately. She took some pictures recently in front of a mural of George Floyd doing it topless, essentially congratulating um, the world for... Um, showing some justice to bad cops. That's her explanation. Like we said, her death is basically pegged at uh, June the 9th and being investigated as a addiction. She was also listed as being homeless, which is weird being found by her husband in their home. So it's a weird big deal. But like I said, whenever we post stories in the feed about dead or dying or sick adult film stars, let's call them adult film stars, You guys gravitate to it. So it's conversational and it's definitely not mainstream. And and Wolf Blitzer did not cover this on the Situation Room. So that's where we're going with that one. The next story is a, like I said, part of the tie. Uh, It was poorly uh, posted into the newsletter. So apologies for that. But it came out on Wednesday in the newsletter, which means it was posted to you guys to read on Tuesday, the 15th of June. This headline is local reporter tells viewers live on air network muzzling her going to Project Veritas. The Wednesday story and the follow up happening the next day combined as an update gave us this ranking for this story. Otherwise, it did rank up inside of the top 15. The two combined put it at six. Here's what happened. I'm going to read from the original story bits from that and then the update is going to be pretty, pretty simple. Houston, Texas television reporter Ivory Heckler announced on air that she is sharing secret recordings of her network with Project Veritas. Ivory Heckler sitting, uh, that's what I said it was probably bad, ended up posting in like some picture cues into the write-up. What happened is she is the uh, news reporter. She was doing a weather uh, report talking about the heat wave in Texas. And as the story was being tossed to her, she made that declaration. Like, i am been nub- muzzled by, by my company. You'll be seeing these things come out with this nonprofit news organization called Pro- Project Veritas. This will come out in the next few days. By the way, Texas heat wave is crazy, blah, 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 going through a story. So that was there. That happened. That aired live. These reports did come out. What came out was the fact that she pitched some stories and they got shot down. The weird thing about it is that was the updated story. The weird thing about the stories, it wasn't they were so much muzzling her, but it was pitching ideas and story angles that this, that they just didn't want to go around. Now, you can complain that the Fox national networks and by route, the Fox local networks, have a certain bent in a certain way they want to produce stories. And in that sense, that's why they have reached out with project Veritas because those stories go in that sort of vent, that sort of bent, that sort of mindset. This is a case where they're basically flipping the script and project Veritas says that the local stations was peeping her down by saying the things they normally don't go after. Not bombastic, not crazy, not something that you hear on talk radio, which is weird You want to go deeper in the story, check it out by going to our website and click the link for the story and reading deeper into this. But the whole thing is a whole mess of crazy because she announced on air, I've got this bombshell that's going to out my company, out the bosses who pay my bills right now. And then when it came out, it not only wasn't very outing, it got her fired. Which may actually be what she was looking for, looking for an out for her contract, because something bigger may come from this. We shall see. As we said earlier, this podcast, this project, everything we do is powered by you. What we mean by that is everything that happens literally comes through you. Now, you have to help us pick these stories by telling us what stories are more engaging. And You do that simply by following us on Facebook and Twitter. Facebook, this is a conversation. Twitter, TH underscore conversation. And as the stories come through your feed, every 50 minutes, as we say, you like them, you love them, you hate them, you share them, their engagement, pulls the stories in line. That all happens. But we also asked if we are providing for you great content, if you can help us keep things along. It's more of a... NPR model, if you will, where if the good content is good, the listeners become supporters. And we're asking you to go to our website. This is a conversation dot com slash partnerships. You'll also see the button there for partnerships. There are ways where you can help keep things going here. You can go to buy me a coffee dot com. The link there is for us to buy coffees or subscriptions or help us by donating there. There's also other links to donate via things like PayPal. Also, um Cash app and Venmo, we have those things as well. You can also just click any advertising link you see in any of our platforms, either at our newsletter, either at the website, either inside our feed. We get affiliate commissions from those links right there. We need your help, so we need your help in keeping things going. And the most important thing, I don't want to make sure this does not get lost in the efforts because we're asking you for stuff. The biggest stuff we can ask you for is help spread the word. So as long as you are sharing the podcast and sharing the newsletter and sending people to our feeds, that helps out a lot. So if you just do that, that is helping out immensely. If you feel the urge in your heart that you want to help us a bit financially, that is great as well. And, of course, make sure you're engaging with the stories on social media because that that makes sure we actually have a podcast every week to talk about. All these numbers that I'm coming through that may make no sense Only makes sense when you're engaging with content and giving us things to talk about. So we thank you in advance for wanting to be a partner with us. We thank you in advance for sharing the podcast with friends, loved ones, and sometimes random strangers who look like they might be interested. And we thank you in advance for just engaging with the stories that we talk about, because it's great to have conversational news stories, things that are interesting to talk about that aren't exactly a repeat of Biden, 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 Trump, Trump, Trump. Biden, 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 Trump, 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 which we get from mainstream all day long. Thank you. Let's keep things going. The story at number five, this story uh, bumps out the tie stories at six and seven, 11.29 uh, percent bump in response. The headline is at least seven killed in huge gas explosion in Chinese Central Chinese city. Apologies for the bad read. Sunday, the 13th of June, the day that was posted. And this story made it into the newsletter on Monday, of course. Top story number three, because it seemed like a big thing. I'm going to quickly read the story because there's not much to that one. Uh, and then we'll move on to number four. At least 12 people were killed in a huge gas explosion in central China on Sunday. State media reported the blast took place at around 630 a.m. local time in the Zhangwan district of Shizhi City, a Hubei province. According to local authorities, authorities have rescued 108 from the area, including 37 with serious injuries, according to state run news outlet CCTV, quoting local officials. The city's municipal office initially said many people were trapped after the incident. Images circulating on social media, which appeared to be from the scene, uh, showed rescue workers in orange jumpsuits working through the wreckage of flattened houses. The cause of the accident is under investigation, according to the city government, which said on Chinese microblogging platform Weibo that it is organizing rescue efforts. No updates were given to this story that we saw of the week. So this is one that's being, um, I guess, held pretty tight to the vest there in China. Uh, there were some other issues of environmental issues that did not make it into the countdown this week, and we did not combine those because they were different issues. But this is one isolated story that pushed through the weekend and, I guess— Other things of more importance pushed enough to not make it a something that needed to be updated towards the end of the week. It was important enough for you to make it the number five story for this week. Moving on story at number four. This headline reads Ex-Adult Film Star Lana Rhodes wants all her videos deleted. This is also adult film star porn star related. This one's not dead, but this one is a bit interesting. Wednesday, the 16th of June is when it was posted. A bump in response from number five of 8.64%. This one, um, this is an interesting one because what has happened is 24-year-old former adult film star, former porn star, uh, basically left the film world of adult films because of her mental health. It was really bad on her mental health. People who come into this stuff and then get out of it say it's kind of bad on your mental health, which you may agree with or you may be a bit more progressive liberal and say, well, she knew what she wants to do. And that is fine for her. It was not great. So what she wants going forward is to basically erase that from her past, erase it from the world and delete all her videos off of all the sites that she's been viewed on which seems like a total impossibility because it's the internet and things are there forever somewhere. That's where the real kind of tricky issue comes on this one. It makes it really interesting from here for me. Not so much that an ex-adult film star um, left the business because it was bad for her. That's fine. Not that so much that she is basically, oddly enough, a strong advocate for mental health, which is also fine. It's the fact that she wants her Data deleted from the internet forever, which, like I said, I think is pretty much impossible. We will see if this becomes something that is talked about, something that is pushed, something that becomes a mainstream story, because sometimes it's those types of people, and you can say who those type of people are, that actually push an issue big enough to make a dent in the universe. For this one, we shall see. The source for the story was Lad Bible, which gives us a lot more stories than we suspect. They should these days, but we put it out there for you guys and you guys, pun intended, jumped all over this one. At number three, Denmark's Christian Eriksen collapses, received CPR as Euro 2020 game with Finland suspended Saturday, the 12th of June is when we posted this one. That is actually the updated headline from when it actually happened. The original one just said he collapsed uh, and then we got an updated right up by the time we had the newsletter come out on Monday. Bump in response from the story at number four is 3.46%. Very quickly on this one, Christian Eriksen from Denmark, a midfielder for the game, uh, collapsed in the middle of the game uh, for the Euro 2020 championship. Yes, 2020, because we're behind from last year's championship. So it was suspended for more than 90 minutes. uh, What was happening? It was a late game. It was just what happened. And he literally had what was essentially a minor heart attack. Um, some people have sort of explained it as he won, went off the field to be treated when they came back hours later to finish the game up there were uh, competing chants from between uh, Denmark and Finland going Christian Ericsson, Christian Ericsson. Uh it's one of those scenes that you see if you're American uh, something like what happens when someone goes, uh, goes down on the field in football where all the players surround the, the, the man so that Cameras can't see, and he's projecting from folks going on. In football, you see a lot of guys taking a knee and kind of praying over it as well. This usually happens on both sides. They're sort of praying for the guy. That was something I didn't watch this live, so I couldn't see. But I saw pictures of teammates surrounding Erickson as he was being treated on the field. So because it was a 0-0 game, uh, the the game had to be suspended. They came back, played a couple more minutes, took a halftime break, played out the entire game. Finland Finland won this game actually one to nothing after a very very long match and of course Eriksson was named the man of the match. Uh, he is apparently doing better, doing fine uh, after what's going on. We'll see what's going further with this story and how he's going to progress, especially since Denmark is now out of the game, out of the the the, um, the championship. Uh, we'll have time to rest up. We'll see what happens for his future in the game. At number two. Um while this one isn't so much a a adult film star, this is well let me let me let me read it to you and just sort of explain it. On Friday, the eleventh of June, that was of course last Friday, the beginning of the countdown, beginning of the week the count, we posted people are angry at Karina Kauf after paying twenty-five dollars for her OnlyFans page that's filled with pictures from her Instagram Instagram account. The bump in response from the number three story is sixty-four point two seven percent. Yes. So this story came out on the weekend. So it was posted in a Monday newsletter. It was a top story on that day, getting 11.92 percent engagement for the entire weekend. It came from Bro Bible, which we're getting a lot of stuff from as well. And this is a deal about YouTuber Karina Koff, who has a Instagram account because we all do and an OnlyFans account as well. OnlyFans, of course, is a site that's used for people who can charge viewers, charge their fans to see things uh, in a privately curated selection online. So this is used by many people to do things that are adult film pornographic. Yes, it is. However, some people are using it just to share their Private things or share things that the general public can't see because there's a gatekeeper of a barrier of paying money for it. For Miss Cough, what she did was she charged people twenty five bucks for OnlyFans for a monthly account, monthly fees, and then just posted pictures that are already on her Instagram, and then just brag about making money off of people. So there's the angry part. One, they're charging people to see the pictures she's already posted on the gram for free and to she's not she's not bothered by that at all she's bragging about the fact that she's making money off people for selling them the free stuff because people were gullible enough to try to buy the stuff that they suspected was coming down and well that wasn't what they got so if you want to complain about that one, well, you, you kind of got gotten there. But you want to complain to me and talk about it deeper, email us at the conversation inbox at gmail.com. We'll talk about it deeper uh, in the offline setting. Now, the number one story, we give it a big, hellacious fanfare because it earned it and you made it earn it. So you guys apparently wanted to talk about this one and you did. This one was a off the chain type response. The story was posted on Monday, the 14th of June. So it had from Monday to progress. It was a top Twitter story for the week. Oh, by the way, I, I didn't say this, but the top Facebook story of the week was the Joe Biden um, signing the proclamation for Juneteenth. That was a top Facebook story. And like we said, we manipulated it to get there. So we know what we did. The top Twitter story by leaps and bounds by the natural way was the story at number one. Normally, that's what it is. It gets a bumper response from the story at number two. By 79.97%. So 80% bump from the story we just talked about. From the story at number 10, Victoria's Secrets, naming Megan rapino as long as the ladies as their new spokeswoman, that bump in response is 805%. There you go. The almost relevant story of the week, the story at the very, 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 very bottom is a bump response of 11, I'm sorry, let me back that up, 114,000, missed a comma there, 900%. Uh, we'll get you that story, number 205, towards the end of the show with the full title and the brief description of what happened in a bit. But let's talk about the story that was posted in the newsletter on Tuesday and got 57.41% of the engagement for that story of the day in the newsletter. The Monday story that took almost 6% of all the chatter we had on in our, in our means. It came from 4fox8.com, a local Fox station, and here's your headline. Christy Teigen addresses controversial tweets, bullying claims. Former queen of Twitter, Christy Teigen is addressing bullying claims leveled against her, releasing a long essay on her website Monday. She admitted she was wrong to post mean tweets about then 16-year-old Courtney Stodgen, now 26, who at the time was married to a 50-year-old actor, Doug Hutchinson. Teigen also reportedly sent Stodgen a direct message suggesting she could consider suicide. Quote, There is simply no excuse for my past horrible tweets. My targets didn't deserve them. No one does. Many of them needed empathy, kindness, understanding, and support. Not my meanness, masquerading as a kind, casual, edgy humor, Tegan said. I was a troll, full stop, and I am so sorry. Stodgen's accusations and Tegan's public professional downfall and backlash came to light in May after Stodgen gave an interview with Daily Beast. Tegan, a cookbook author and model, that's what's interesting enough, said she plans to continue working on becoming a better person and that she doesn't expect sympathy from anyone during this time. We are all more than our worst moments, she said. I won't ask for your forgiveness, only your patience and tolerance. I ask that you allow me, as I promised to allow you, to own past mistakes and be given opportunities to seek self-improvement and change. Deegan had previously taken to Twitter on May 12th her last tweet before dropping Monday's apology note, recognizing her past failures. After all that fanfare, the number one story gets the bulk of the commentary. Although if you listen all the way this far, we had plenty to chat about throughout all the stories. But this is the one we sort of focus on to sort of say, you know, this is one you guys got really into. And so I give you some whys, I give you some some wares and I give you also some what the hell sometimes. This is one that's an interesting story because there was a lot of chatter and a lot of responses on the Twitter to this story. And a lot of people jumping on the case of Chrissy Teigen because it was deserved. But you also have the back of the fact that it was deserved for her being a bully. So we can't out bully the bully. That doesn't actually fix things. It's good that she's apologizing. It's good that she's actively apologizing to people that she has targeted and it's good that she's apologizing to, to um, Courtney Stodden. although that's a whole nother case of ball of crazy on its own Courtney Stodden, of course 10 years ago um, dealing with, with all that crazy now we are focused specifically on Chrissy Teigen and so with that in mind you have to take to account what are we doing here why are we doing this here Because we are people, and because Twitter is a cesspool of idiocy and just evil, that's what's going to happen. People are going to jump on the next person that's there to jump on. I suspect people will jump on to me for jumping on those people, jumping on Chrissy Teigen. She is apologizing. You have the right to believe her or not believe her. You have the right to um, comment or not comment, to be honest. Uh, But you got to be careful about the trolliness of just being a troll. If your thing is troll stuff, then, hey trolls got a troll. If you're not, this falls in line with all the insanity that comes from someone doing something crazy and them getting death threats from people who obviously aren't going to kill anybody. So if you're going to take your shot, be wary of how you're taking your shot. If you're going to throw out something pithy and throw out something that's supposedly witty, go ahead and do that. Be prepared for any backlash. If you're saying things like, I hate you and you should die, like she did, it was wrong when she did it. It is wrong when you do it. It is wrong if I do it and I don't. Trust me, there are plenty of people and plenty of times where I just want to say, this person should not exist anymore. Uh, but because time, cooler heads, and you know laws, uh, we don't say those things out loud. So let's, let's put it like that. So inside your head, outside words and outside words and outside voices, make sure you know what the difference is. If you are a fan of Chrissy or a non fan of Chrissy, you have the right to say what you want in support or in in indifference to what she has done, what she is doing and who she is. But be careful just because you're not a famous person online and don't get this same level of responses and trolliness doesn't mean you are you are immune to any trolliness, number one, and you are permitted to be a underground troll because no one will figure out who you are and no one can target you back. You've got to take that into account on all levels. So think about it before you troll. Think twice for you troll. Chrissy Teigen, who may deserve a few tomatoes thrown at her. Think twice. A pretty wise person once said something like he who has who is without sin cast the first stone at someone who was obviously a sinner. And so if, if you've never done anything bad, you are free to troll all you want to. If you've done anything just slightly off, be careful about those those stones that you want to toss, because you don't know when exactly they'll start targeting towards you. What she did with, with Courtney Stodgeon, horrible. What she did with other people, because she's a loudmouth celebrity, horrible. Do I am I a fan of Christy Teigen personally? No. Am I bitching and complaining about her tweets and yelling things at her online? No, I got better things to do. And one of those better things I have to do is in listening to the Blinkist app, which I pull out whenever I have a free moment, which comes frequently in infrequent times. There'll be times where I'm stuck in a hurry up and wait situation and I have about 20 minutes here, 30 minutes here, 50 minutes here. And of course, every night and when I'm trying to go to sleep after I've gone through my day and just sort of decompress everything, I have a little time to need to have something to help decompress and get into sleepy time. And the Blinkist app has been a tool I have used for years to get my knowledge up and get my spirits sort of relaxed for less resting and relaxation. What you get with the Blinkist app is the access to over 4,000 nonfiction title books. And now you also have access to shortcasts, which are shortened versions of very popular podcasts trimmed down so they're in that same sort of Blinkist level 15-minute range to listen to. And for some longer listening, they actually have, I'm calling them sleep stories. It's not what they're officially called, but they are versions of books that are actually stretched out and with a nice little bed of music below them. So they help you relax, learn and go to sleep. Blinkist is taken care of. Everything for you in these cases, they have their eyes on the ball in making sure that you can learn things by taking the main points of great nonfiction books and putting them into blinks where you get somewhere between seven to 10 and sometimes even more and bigger, bigger ideas, ideas that are fleshed out so you can read them or listen to them in about 15 minutes book, You can go through a lot of things going on. One of my big projects they have going on right now is something called the One Hour Book Club, where we pull out four books, which are about 15 minutes long, and you can read those books in an hour. That's why it's the One Hour Book Club. You can learn from four different, sometimes sometimes competing uh, thought processes, but you can read four distinct books, read in the blinks or listen to them as audiobook forms in about an hour. It's that simple. I, like I say, whenever I get 15 minutes here or 20 minutes here and I'm just kind of open for nothing, I feel that nothing with knowledge. And I go through my listing of books that I need to catch up on and all the great books are there. All the newer great books are coming out are pretty quickly converted into blinks and you can find them out there. Over 4,000 different books out there in various categories of nonfiction. And so if there's something that you've been missing out on, you probably find it there. If you're just missing out on reading, you can find it in the Blinkist app. Go to this is slash Blinkist. This is conversation.com slash Blinkist. This is slash B L I N K I S T. And you get a chance to try the full version of the app for seven days on us. And once you do that, you're going to find you need this app. This is the best way to keep up with your learning You can best way to keep up with the other readers out there who somehow find time to do that. And now with the um, the sleep stories, you can lull yourself to sleep and learn something at the same time. It's amazing. You won't know how you live without it because I don't know how I lived without it. It is Blinkist and we are proud to have them as our centerpiece sponsor for this episode. Now let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. Give you the stats before getting to the almost relevant story of the week. That story is number two hundred five. Two hundred five distinct different postings throughout the week. Like we told you, we did some manipulation to make that story on Juneteenth into the top ten. So without. Putting the four stories together, uh, the the three stories, if we did not put the banking story in there, it still would have made it into the top 10, probably right where it was. Uh, well, maybe not quite right where it was. It probably would have been 10 instead of nine. Uh, but that other story with the banking story pushed it up just enough so it was um, in deeper in range, but not much. It took a lot of effort to put that in there. The two ties this week uh, that was from another super story, but that story on the Fox Reporter bringing up Project Veritas. It was already lined up to be in the top 10, but the addition of her being fired because it was a story that needed to be added into there, secured it at the story, the spot at number six, and of course, ended up making it a tie with number seven. It's just how it worked out this week. So that's how the the stories run out for engagement. The top story this week, Chrissy Teigen, we told you the engagement the day it was posted in the newsletter was about 60 percent, 57.41 total engagement for the entire seven days, 13.37 percent with something that high. That meant that it would skewer the top 10 engagement by a little bit, and it did. Normally about 35 percent. This week's top 10 engagement is 41.46 percent. Um, the 11 through 15, the almost rants, we're, we're going we're to actually run through the titles of those stories. Of course, you know about Lamar Odom knocks out Aaron Carter in slippery boxing. That was number 11. Number 12, Queen Elizabeth II attends Trooping the Color Celebration. After hosting G7 leaders, 13, ERCOT, that is the Texas grid that runs their power. ERCOT calls on Texans to conserve power amid high summer demand force outages. We really want to talk about that, but it didn't make it high enough. The 14 is American Idol's David Archuleta comes out as LGBT during Pride Month. And at 15, Bristol City Council accused of sexism after banning strip clubs but allowing Dream Boys to perform. That happened over in England. You definitely might want to check that story out by going to our website and clicking those links. We'll work on a much more smoother transition for that one. But we think we're going to start going back to let you know what stories aren't quite in range. Those stories not quite in range together ranked up at 6.49% of the engagement In total, basically in numbers that were very close to the stories at nine and ten, but not quite high enough to make them a nine or ten. Now, the engagement for Facebook versus Twitter, more or less around normal range engagement for Facebook, uh, 90 uh, for Facebook, I should say six point five, four percent. So a little bit lower than eight percent is normal. Ninety three point four, six percent for the Twitter this week. And Chrissy Teigen had a had an overabundance of expenditure. That's not really a word uh, in the Twitter responses. So it was not exactly in the normal range that way. So the, it's geared off by a percentage, but not by too much, usually eight to 92. So not by too much off on that range. But the story at the very bottom this week did not reach up our average of zero three percent. Point zero three percent, should say uh, this one only point zero one percent, which is sort of a, um, a trend lately. The bottom stories are really bottom stories. We already told you it was one hundred fourteen thousand nine hundred percent less engaging than a story at the top. Chrissy Teigen, we posted on Thursday, the 17th of June. So it was a late poster. And like we suspect in most of these cases, late posting stories don't get much traction. This one is pretty grim and gruesome. So I can see why no one really wanted to engage with this one at number 205 college student killed entire family after dad said, find a job or move out. The best way to go through this is to basically read what we pulled down for this one after the fact. So if there were any changes to it, I'm sure there weren't very, very many because it was a Thursday story. We pulled this on Friday when we pulled down the details. But this is a story that we pulled from Daily Beast. As we said, only about 0.01% for the entire week's worth of engagement. Alexander Jackson, a 20-year-old University of Iowa student, called police Tuesday morning in a panic, claiming a masked intruder had shot him and his father inside their home. When Cedar Rapids officers arrived at the scene, they found Jackson's parents and his 19-year-old sister, a high-achieving student who introduced then-prisoner candidate then prisoner candidate Andrew Yang during a 2019 visit to Iowa, fairly shot in different rooms of the expansive house. Jackson had suffered a gunshot wound to the foot after what he insisted was a struggle over the rifle with the mysterious man. Police, however, now believe it was actually Jackson who murdered his father, 61-year-old Jan Jackson, his 68-year-old mother, Melissa Jackson, and their daughter, Sabrina Jackson, has been charged with three counts of first-degree murder and is being held in the Lynn County Jail on $3 million bond. While authorities have not yet established a motive, a criminal complaint obtained by the Daily Beast said that Jackson admitted that, quote, his father has recently advised that he needed to find a job and move out, unquote. It noted that the house showed no signs of being burglarized. From Assistant Lynn County Attorney Ryan Decker, uh, he dropped out this. This was a horrendous murder. This was more than just a murder. It was an execution of the defendant's mother, father, and sister. Furthermore, the defendant concocted story of a phantom burglar shows the defendant acted out of malice and calculated intent to get away with the murders. According to the complaint, officers arrived at the scene at around 8.23 a.m. Tuesday after Jackson's frantic call about a male intruder. Officers, however, instead found his three slain family members. They recovered a 22 caliber semi-automatic rifle believed to be the murder weapon. Jackson told authorities that he, quote, woke up to the sound of gunfire and was shot in the foot during a struggle with a masked man over a rifle. The complaint states, He told police that his father had cleaned the rifle the night before and left it on the fireplace overnight. The incident sent shockwaves through the Jackson's family's quiet suburban community. Jackson's next expected court hearing is June 25th. That's extremely soon. And it's soon enough that it may pop up into an upcoming episode of the weekly wrap up. But we'll have to see. We already have some stories In the kitty already being put out there. So the people who are following us on our social media have a chance to upvote things for the weekend and throughout the week. We'll see what stories through the weekend will survive to the eight things to talk about newsletter at our website. You can sign up for that as well. And what stories actually survive the full weekend, the full week, should say, for next week's newsletter. So. Thank you so much for being a part of this, either just by going to our social media and voting up, engaging, showing what stories were, conversation for the entire week. Thank you for those who are listening to the podcast because that's what it's for. Thank you to anybody who has joined us in our partnership campaigns through buymeacoffee.com or any other of the links we have at thisisaconversation.com slash partnerships. Thank you to Blinkist for joining on to be a crowd sponsor for us because I'm proud to use their, their app. It definitely keeps me. Filling in forms so that I can be more conversational when I talk to people. Find out how you can get that app for a seven day trial at this. It's conversation dot com slash blinkist. Email us at the conversation inbox at gmail dot com for deeper discussions on anything you've heard here. Remember, all the stories, all two hundred five stories, are listed at our website under this week's podcast. Go to conversation dot com in the feeds. Look for a weekly wrap up, and you'll see the weekly wrap up for this week for the week ending. June the nineteenth, Juneteenth, two thousand twenty-one. So, on the inaugural Juneteenth edition or the inaugural Juneteenth happening this this week, I want to say thank you so much for spending your time with us here. This thing does not work out without you. So, this is a lot of work that goes into this with all the folks behind the scenes and myself. So, we are proud to do it because we're curious and want to do it, but we need someone to present it to because our egos, and that is you guys. So, thank you so much for being a part of the family. And prepare yourself for another great podcast. Next week, we're going to do this all over again, but we'll find out next week, of course, what stories we're talking about. We don't know until we know. So next Friday, we'll see what stories were the most engaging, the most conversational per your engagement in conversation and present them here. Counting them down 10 to 1 so that you'll know what is the big deal in news conversation with next week's edition of the weekly wrap up. I'm Jay Clifford Payne for all the cast and crew at The Conversation Project at thisisaconversation.com. We thank you so much, and we will talk to you again next week.